What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today, we're going to talk about a little about abortion. Now, let me tell you what I've done. Um, I don't know if I can edit the title here, Cogitations About Abortion. And, and Compromise. I would be willing to bet that I've messed this up. So if you're if you're watching this, if you're turning in right now, the description doesn't match what I'm doing here. Anyway, I'm not perfect. So on the Cogitations Facebook page, and as y'all are coming in, good evening, uh, Brandon Dreschner. Good to see you. Um, yeah, it is evening. It's like five o'clock here, and it is dark. Uh, with this time change, with us being so far north, which with us being on the Atlantic uh, daylight time or whatever it is, um, we're 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 farther east than uh, eastern. So you got central, eastern, then Atlantic, and um, we're we're five o'clock. Most of my listening audience um, would be listening at about three p.m. right now. But anyway, so let me get into this. I went to, or I, I stole a meme and I shared the meme on the Cogitations Facebook page. And it's gotten quite a bit of traction. I even boosted it some because it got so much traction. And uh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to uh, build up this Facebook page. Uh, for one, I'm using this as a, as a source of revenue. Uh, I want to try to get his, my podcast in front of as many people as I possibly can so we can find people that would be interested in interested in supporting the podcast. And you can do that, by the way, at Patreon, or you can just send me money through PayPal, stuff like that. That is separate than my ministry. I, I'm not even going to talk about my ministry. If you support the podcast, you're supporting the podcast. That has nothing to do with my ministry. I, I have support from the states, and the church here supports me where I do not have to go outside uh, to, try to, to try to build tents. This is not a building tent thing. This is just a hobby that I do, and um, I want to uh, supplement uh, my income that I get from preaching the gospel and being a minister, and this is one of the ways I've chosen to do it. Anyway, that being said, uh, uh, let, me get, let, me get, let me get in my train of thought here. Uh, I cannot remember the verse. There's a verse that I'm looking for. Be ready to give an answer. That's what it is. Yeah, 1 Peter 3, 15. So 1 Peter 3, verse 15 says, Be ready, uh, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready to, to give an answer to every man who asketh you a reason uh, for the hope that is in you. This is the verse from where we get the uh, term apologetics. Um, whenever, whenever you study about apologetics, you're typically talking about how to reason with somebody that we live on a young earth, not multiplied billions of years old. 
that um, life, the origin of species, is from God, creation, not evolution. Um, we we typically uh, use apologetics to talk about uh, ontology, which is the 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 science of existence, the question of existence: Does God exist? And I, I think you've probably, if you've listened to me any any length of time at all, you've heard me really. I mean, cram this verse into its context and talk about how, in the context, this is talking about um, you're going to be persecuted for your faith. And when there's a sword at your neck, you better have the Lord God sanctified in your mind, in your heart. And you better know why you're a Christian, because if you don't have that, you're going to deny Christ. You are not going to die for the cause. And God requires us to die for the cause. If we're not dying from persecution, we're going to have to die in faith. Death for the cause is inevitable unless we're alive when Jesus returns. All right? So conscientiously, consciously, conscientiously, as a matter of conscience, I wanted to get that out. Because there is a general application about not believing something for no reason. In other words, we don't need to be ideologues. We don't need to just um, have these ideals that that we have because other people have them, and we don't really know why. Uh, I think, I mean, I hate to get political. I, mean, I really don't, but I kind of do. I hate to get political, but if you look at the left wing and the left wing and the right wing uh, of this political bird in the United States, the right wing is there are less. Notice I said less ideologues than on the left wing. On the left wing, you have people regurgitating a bunch of platitudes and a bunch of uh, one-liners uh, about their uh, convictions, which are not really convictions because you don't they they're they're not willing to die for them. Is the idea and uh, with with this kind of way of thinking. Uh, let me finish that thought. Sorry, um, when I'm when I'm thinking about what it takes in the United States to be called a right winger, if if you say that, well, I am for abortion, but I'm not for abortion up to and including nine months. I am for gay rights and the rights of the LGBTQ community and trans rights but I don't think we ought to groom our children in this way. I am a Democrat, and I vote for Democrats, but I think Joe Biden and the Biden family is corrupt, as evidenced by the quid pro quo in the Ukraine and the uh, the, the shady dealings that he had with his son and Burisma and all that. Then... you you. you you're not towing the party line and you're going to be called a right winger. But really all you have done is you have scrutinized certain things and you have become informed. In other words, you have, you have graduated from being a mindless ideologue to someone who is informed. Now I, I would disagree with the abortion, the LGBTQ, the trans, and all that, you know, I think that stuff ought to be totally uh, excised from our society. 
Um, but that's my personal opinion. And, and, and let me be real clear. I'm not talking about if somebody is sexually attracted to men, I don't think we ought to take them out and kill them. I just think that we, we ought to, as a society, understand that that is sinful and it ought to be verboten in society. In other words, the Overton window needs to come back a little bit and two men don't need to feel comfortable enough to kiss on the mouth, hold hands, whatever. No more, no more uh, homosexual marriage or anything like that. As far as transgender goes, the same thing. Now, what's that got to do with abortion? What's that got to do with uh, our passage that I referenced, 1 Peter 3, 15? I think, I think sometimes, and I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm going to include myself here. I think sometimes we hold views and we have knee-jerk reactions and we form conclusions and have convictions, ideals, and we might not have fully scrutinized them and thought them through. It is our responsibility to do that. Now, how does that, how does that happen with abortion? Well, I hear a lot of Christians argue abortion, and they, they argue a lot of ancillary detail. But I think if they would focus, if, if we, if, if, if myself included, if we could focus on the fact that this is a life, then all of these other issues would just fall by the wayside when it comes to abortion. Is it ever right to kill a human being? And, and whether or not you think this, into this, 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 well, how do you say it? Baby. Like the word fetus is, I think it's Latin for baby. So I'm going to use baby. Actually, no, I'll concede. That I'll use fetus. Whether or not you think this fetus has, is an entity, whether or not you think this fetus has personhood, you have to, you have to admit that the fetus is human. It's a human being. It is existential, and it is not the mother. It is a life. Even a heathen comedian, now I can't think of his name, Bill Burr, it come to me. Even the heathen comedian, Bill Burr, he did a stand-up bit that it has too much cussing for me to, to pull off of YouTube and, and showcase. But he talks about, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they have abortion. I, I, I get it. Uh, we need abortion because, you know, if I get a woman pregnant, I don't want her to have that baby. I don't want to have to raise that baby, so I'm glad to have a, an abortion. And and women, you know, women have have cried for so long that uh, it's my body, my choice. And and my 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 reply to that is, yeah, good, you're right, it is your choice because it's still murder. Like he said that, like it's you're still killing some somebody. You're ki- you're still killing a baby. So I'm just thinking whenever we get to heaven and God's all like, hey, what, what's the deal with all these dead babies? As a man, I'm going to be, hey, it, it's her choice. We didn't have any say in the matter. And then he goes on to say, well, you know, I understand. Oops, hit the mic. I understand, you know, that you can talk about personhood. You can talk about, well, it's not a baby yet, but it's going to be a baby. He said, okay, let's apply that logic. 
I like, I like cake. So I've got all these ingredients of this cake, and I mix this cake up into a batter, and I pour this batter into a dish, and I put this cake in the oven, and in 45 minutes, it's going to be a cake. And then you come along, and you open the oven. In 10 minutes, you open the oven, and you throw my cake across the floor, or you, you throw the dish with the batter in it across the floor. What am I going to say? You ruined my cake. And you, your reply is, well, it's not a cake. And my reply would be, yeah, but if you would have just left it alone, it would have been. He articulated from a heathen mindset, from a hedonistic mindset, the perfect argument for abortion. I mean, for, uh, uh, pro, for, for life, for, for, for outlawing abortion. Christians need to be able to, to think about these things in this way and be able to argue it that way. He hit the nail on the head. It doesn't matter if you, if you think it's a person. It doesn't matter if you think it's a baby. If you leave it alone, it will be a baby. If you leave it alone, it will be a person. So if in, in the natural course of things, this is going to be a fully functioning human being with free moral agency. Well, is it ever right to mess with the natural order of things? What, what, other, what other times can you think of where human beings have messed with the natural order of things? and it's ever turned out well. And, and that's, that's an argument against abortion that touches Scripture not one iota because the people that, are, that, that believe in abortion, they don't follow the Scriptures, do they? Now, let me get in here. Let me show you this meme. First off, Mark McCroy and Kenny Westmoreland, good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. I didn't think I'd get a whole lot of people here. This is an odd time for me to go live. Um, and, and quite frankly, well, that's about all I could say about this. It's just an odd time to go live. Uh, maybe we'll get some, some traffic after the fact. And remember, uh, the audio to these live streams are on the Cogitations podcast channel that you can find just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. Now, let me go to graphics. This is, so John the Baptist leaped for joy. While he was still in the womb, Luke chapter 1, verse 44, life begins at conception. Folks, it is as simple as that. When the egg is fertilized by the sperm, it is at that moment, there is a unique existential entity. All the potentiality of a human life is contained in what science refers to as a zygote or a zygote. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not a doctor. Don't pretend to be one. But here's, here's the reason there can be no compromise on the pro-life and pro-abortion uh, topic is because life begins at conception and it is murder. God, these six things the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. In that list 
is hands that shed innocent blood. Now, I don't think that we're going to fix society starting at abortion. I think there are, I think there are things uh, that you have to fix before you fix abortion. One thing you've got to fix is an understanding of sexual intercourse and how sex is intended for a marriage. And then you have to fix the no-fault divorce. Here's the thing. Used to, as a guy, as a guy, if you wanted to have sex, you had to get married. Now, you could have sex with a woman you didn't want to marry, but the kind of woman that would have sex with a guy that wasn't going to marry her was not any kind of woman you'd really be wanting to have sex with. That was reserved for the lower echelon of social order that was reserved for the dregs of society. Thank you for sharing the live stream, Greg. Appreciate you very much. So we've got to fix these moral issues. And I I heard a conversation between Joe Rogan and Matt Walsh. And Matt Walsh was uh, defending marriage from a secular standpoint and how it helps society. Joe Rogan just couldn't understand it. And, and, and Matt Walsh hit the nail on the head. He said, you and I, in a weird way, are agreeing. You say that marriage is meaningless so we can just let anybody that wants to get married as long as they are consenting adults. And I'm saying that if we allow anybody to get married as long as they're consenting adults, then marriage is meaningless. In a weird kind of way, we're, we're agreeing with one another. And, and it all started, and listen, speaking politically, man, I, I, I love Ronald Reagan. I thought it, he was a good president. But he's the one that ushered in the era of no-fault divorce. There was a time in the United States where if you were going to divorce, if you, if you, you had to go before a judge. And you had to plead your case, and your divorce had to be justified. If you went before the judge and you didn't have grounds for divorce, the judge would say, hey, y'all got to just suck it up and work it out. Nowadays, we claim to be a monogamous society, but we're really not monogamous. We're polygamous. Now, that we're, we're not married to the same. We're not married to a woman. We're not married to two different. Well, I've lost my mind. We're not married to two women at the same time, or we're not married to two men at the same time. But we're certainly not monogamous. We're just monogamous for right now. We get married, and and then when we want to go find another mate, we just divorce and go find another mate. Now, all of this stuff that I talked about, if we fix that, abortion will follow. But we cannot compromise on abortion. And I think the pro-life movement and, pro, excuse me, the pro-choice movement is a compromise. They're, they're saying, well, well, we just want women to have a choice. And remember all the way back whenever Hillary Clinton was campaigning, she said it needs to be safe, legal, and rare. Well, now, fast forward a decade or so, and you can go on TikTok, and you can see women vlogging their abortions. 
it's gone from safe, legal, and rare. We just want women to have a choice to women saying, I wish I could get pregnant so I could get an abortion because I feel that is in, intrinsic, that's an experience intrinsic to the female gender, if they even acknowledge that there is a gender female, um, you know. So I'm telling you, I don't know what the answer is. I, I do, well, I, I, I do. It's, it's really easy to say. It's very hard to implement. We have to be the light. We have to be a city set on a hill. We have to be a candle set on a candlestick. Christians cannot afford to sit idly by and let the world go to hell around them. We need to participate in the goings-on of the polis. Polis is city, the, the society. One way we do that is we get out and we cast our vote. And, oh, I've been excoriated for, for talking about politics as a gospel preacher. Well, who needs to be talking about it? Seriously. Do you think the reason that the United States of America has turned so immoral is because you have allowed people who are immoral to control the narrative and guide people's minds about politics? Don't you think it would be better to have people who are spiritual and moral guide people's minds about politics? I read in my Bible that all things that pertain to life and godliness is given unto us by the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. That's 2 Peter 1.3. Politics pertains to life and godliness. Therefore, the Bible has a stance on your politics, on my politics. And as a gospel preacher, I'm to preach the whole counsel of God. That means I've got to preach about politics, and I'm tired of people telling me to shut up. I refuse to do it. The more you tell me I cannot say something, the more important it is for me to say it. Mark McCroy says on a secular level, it's a verbal contract. What other contract can you get out of so easily or have no consequences for breaking the contract? Actually, Mark, I agree with you 100%. I'll take it to another level. What other contract is so one-sided to one party in favor of one party, and one party can break it to the detriment of the other. And it's and women women uh, uh, initiate eighty percent of divorces, and it happens because of sickness and finances. Eighty percent of divorces are initiated by women, and if a man gets married. The woman has a get-out-of-jail-free card. All she's got to do is go to the courthouse, file for divorce. She'll get the house. She'll get the children. Uh, she'll get alimony. She'll get child support. And unless that ma- well, that's the thing. The, the man has to spend a lot of money fighting her. Most of the time, he cannot keep his job, keep his credit, keep his uh, reputation in, in society and fight her for custody, and fight her for um, uh, a joint owner. In other words, 
there's no way if the woman so desires to come out of this divorce uh, with with everything she wants, she can just bleed him dry and she can use the child uh, custody courts to do it because you can't fight on more than one front and be effective. So she can bleed him dry in the child custody courts and she might, she might, she might be looking at 100% custody. Well, he, he's put all of his focus there so he can at least see his children on the weekends or every other weekend. But while she's doing that, she's also going after him for his assets and he can't, he can't do both. Oh, it's terrible. There is, from a secular standpoint, as Mark McCroy said, on a secular level, there is absolutely no reason for a man to get married today. He can go out and get all the sex that he wants, and he, and he does not have to open himself up to liability and, and, and vulnerability. I didn't say that word right, being vulnerable. Now, from a religious standpoint, you need to get married. God says it. And you, that means you, it's going to be hard, young men, for you to find a spouse because you've got to find a spouse that holds these values and that divorce is not in their vocabulary. And I would suggest, and this is not going to be popular, especially with the women, I would suggest that if you get married, then you move where you cannot go back to your family of origin very easily. My suggestion would be move two or three hours away. That's it. Move two or three hours away. All right. Connie Barden. Too many people say Christians should not talk about politics in the worship service. I agree the preacher should not tell us who to vote for, but we need to discuss the issues. We need to speak out against those who are against religious people, and so many politicians are against Christians. Yes, and Connie, I would, I would say I'm not pushing back. Well, I guess I'm pushing back on you. I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree 100%, but I would say your comment would be perfect as, as little as 12 years ago. But now we are so polarized that the preacher does need to tell people who to vote for because it, it's the agenda. Look at the agenda. And there is one political party that has an agenda to sexually molest our children, to harm our children, to kill our children, to dissolve the, 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 the Western culture ideology or ideals of family and to label the church as an extreme hate group and terrorist organization. That's the Democratic Party. If you vote for a Democrat, that's, what, that's the agenda that you're voting for. So if Donald Trump runs, which what well, Donald Trump did announce he's running, so if Donald Trump, if the ticket is Donald Trump and Joe Biden, according to the Bible, if you vote, vote for Donald Trump. That's what Jesus says. And boy, people ain't going to like that. Donald Trump, open, D Donald Trump's the only politician I've ever heard openly admit to being pro-life. Openly admitted to being pro-life. And when it come to a town hall where a woman asked him about, well, what about women? And are women going to be treated equally and paid equally? 
as a man in under your administration. And his response was so amazing. His response was, if you do as good a job, you will. <laughs> we need somebody like that. He's not a moral man, but he is ethical. Now, let's go back, you know, 20 years ago. It's a little different. 12 years ago is a little different. You know, Barack Obama, he um, he was pro-marriage. Uh, he did not think that gay marriage should be a thing. He ran on that ticket. So what do you do? You know, the, and I can't even remember who ran against him, be honest with you. So the, I guess the, the farther you get away from the Overton window, the farther you get away from the center, the easier it is to make a judgment call of who you should vote for. Like, for instance, if, if, if a politician comes out and says, look, we're going to uh, get rid of the filibuster, we're going to codify Roe versus Wade, where it's the law of the land, abortion up to and including nine months, and, and do all of this, that, and the other, and you got another politician that says, look, uh, not only are we not going to codify Roe versus Wade, we're going to set up, um, we're going to work with the governors of each state and the legislation of each state to try to get as few abortions as we possibly can. Uh, we, we know that, that shouldn't be the case, but we don't deal with should and should not. We deal with is and is not. And it is the case that the people, by and large, are not going to elect somebody that doesn't at least allow for some some abortions. So we're going to work to, to get as few abortions as we possibly can. We're going to make it a criminal act for a teacher to have a secret conversation about sex with a student of any age. So if your kindergartner teacher talks about sexual things and it's reported and there will be mandatory, mandatory reporters, then they will be fined, they'll lose their license, and they could spend time in jail and have to register as a sex offender. Let me tell you something. That's a no-brainer. You vote for this one. That's it. But yeah, but he's had sex with porn stars and he cusses and he brags about being being uh, promiscuous. Like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not hiring this man to be the gospel preacher at the local congregation. I'm hiring this man to be a politician. I'm not putting my stamp of approval on his lifestyle. I'm, I'm trusting that he's going to govern the way he's telling me he's going to govern before I cast my vote for him. And before you go talking about how stupid that is, remember, I'm trusting that the other side is going to govern the way they say they're going to govern. So it's just a trust. Now, which would you rather have? A guy on this side that I talked about that, that only does 20%, only accomplishes 20% of what he wants? or the person on this side with all the immoral things that accomplishes 20% of what they want. I, I, I want to get the guy over here. Anyway, I didn't mean for this to become an overtly political conversation. Um, but I think it's good to talk about it every once in a while. Well, I say every once in a while. I've gotten to where I talk about it quite a bit. 
because it's a it's it's pervasive. It's an issue that the church is facing that people haven't been educated about how to how to speak. People haven't been educated about how to how to have discourse. And it goes back to the abortion and compromise. Like you, you, you can't compromise with people who are intrinsically opposed to your core values. If you compromise with them, they're going to keep coming. It's not going to stop. So you might as well do everything you can to stop them in their tracks. Anyway, that's all I've got here, folks. Hope I've said something that's made you think of. Hope I've said something that's profitable to you. Remember, understand why you hold the ideals that you hold. When it comes to abortion, when you're talking to somebody about abortion, remember, it is a human life. Hold on to that like a pit bulldog. Make them audibly affirm that they are okay with killing a human being. Make them say it. Make them hear it. And when they say that, your only retort is, okay, well, now now I'm glad to know where you stand. You're willing to kill a human for your um what's the for your convenience cuz that's what it boils down to remember that's the core of the abortion issue now i understand we got to fix a whole bunch of stuff probably before we fix this but at the core of the abortion issue remember you cannot compromise there can't be a safe legal and rare because safe legal and rare is now Let's get on TikTok and film our abortion because that's that that's how I get social that's that social currency because that's that's currency in this socio political climate and uh, yeah that's all I've got. Listen, uh, this has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. If you like these podcasts and want to make sure they keep coming, go to www.com forward slash or www.nearchurches.com forward slash. Now hold on a second www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. And uh, you can also check the show notes for ways to support me. That'll be on my podcast channels. Uh, you'll find those just about wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search up, um, <laughs> oh boy, Mark McCroy, child sacrifice to the God of self. You've got that right, brother. Uh, but anyway, so just look at the show notes. Uh, go to my Cogitations podcast channel, subscribe. And share the dickens out of it. Help me grow this. Uh, thank you so much. And be sure and follow the Facebook page and invite people to the Facebook page. This has been Tony Brew with Cogitations. Thank you, for all for, thank you to all those who tuned in. And we'll catch y'all on the flip side.